Shalom, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> uh, I'm Brother Sid, and I'm Brother Corey assisting me. We are from the Commandment Keepers Church. Today we have a detailed lesson, uh, probably one of the most important lessons to date. Today's lesson will be called A Fundamental Foundation. We believe that it's important for all believers, especially Israelites, those who have come into the truth and learned the truth concerning themselves, that you have a fundamental foundation. Why? Because we're living in a day and age with social media where everybody's a teacher. As long as, you know, if you have a camera, you could, anybody's teaching. So, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to uh, put a magnifying glass on the true doctrine of the Bible. Um, a lot of people would like to paint the truth with a broad brush, thinking that all Israelites believe the same thing. And we're here to tell you that that's not true, brothers and sisters. You must be able to measure and examine someone according to scripture, according to doctrine, the doctrine that has been established by Christ. The foundation of Christ is the order to measure. So when we say, a, 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 when we say the doctrine or a fundamental foundation, doctrine simply means a teaching, brothers and sisters. If, you, if you're a sister and you are, you, you're learning to braid hair, all women who are master braiders have a foundation. The first things that they learn as they, be, you know, as they become a master braider. If you're a brother and you play uh, a sport or you're a barber, there's a fundamental foundation that all barbers must learn and then build upon that. And it's the same way in the truth, brothers and sisters. Once one receives the love of the truth, they are set on a path trailblazed by Christ. And the doctrine of Christ allows us to access the spiritual power that will lift us from our current spiritual state to a state where we can be perfected. Now, in, you know, in this day and age, we feel like we must put out the true doctrine. Why? Because if you're learning a little here and a little there, you will be confused because all Israelites do not believe the same, brothers and sisters. So we would, you know, we would admonish you to learn one place, brothers and sisters. You know, we always say we don't want to pull anybody from where they're learning. But if you think you're being fed somewhere, then you should you shouldn't disrespect that man's ministry and just learn there because you're going to confuse yourself by learning from all of these different sources, brothers and sisters. The Bible says a double-minded man cannot be entrusted to do the work of Christ. Why? Because he's unstable. He's here. He's there. He doesn't have a, a foundation of base understanding. So brothers and sisters, we should find one church while your foundation is being instilled and not try to learn all these different places, brothers and sisters. So today we're going to go into the key principles that those in Christ must focus on. There's a foundation. There's a standard. There's a certain standard from which those who teach must meet, brothers and sisters. There's a certain course of study or curriculum, a certain way in which you must understand the Bible. The Bible is a map to the kingdom. Now, we all have this map, but everybody doesn't know how to read it. So we're going to give you the understanding to be able to measure the truth and, you know, whoever you may be learning from, including the uh, including the commandment keepers church screen us. And if we're not abiding by this doctrine, then we're off as well as everybody else. Brothers and sisters, we're going to start at Deuteronomy 32 verse two. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 32 verse two. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. As the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass. It says my doctrine, brothers and sisters, my teaching. The Bible have its own doctrine, brothers and sisters. A lot of brothers 
you know, or just getting the truth. They're really excited and they just want to teach, you know, whatever their heart desires out of the Bible. But you have to be more disciplined than that. There's a specific way. There's a structure in which the Bible must be taught and you have to stay within those parameters. There's a foundation. You must start with this foundation, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse two, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass. Brothers and sisters, the doctrine is the principles and teachings of the gospel of Christ. There is only one way to authentically and accurately receive the teachings of the Bible. If you don't start with this foundation, you won't understand. Anybody who's built a house or was a carpenter understands you need a foundation before you build everything else, brothers and sisters. So today... We want to give you the foundation. Therefore, you will be able to measure, um, you know, these other Israelite camps or groups or churches. Because why? With social media, you're going to learn different things. People have itching ears. They want to learn everything that they can. So you need to be able to identify when there's a snare set up by Satan, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 1. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet, yet now are ye able. Right, so brothers and sisters, <clears throat> when you come into the truth, you must first learn the milk. A church must teach you the milk, brothers and sisters. Why? You must, you must not, I'm not going to give a baby, uh, I'm not going to give a newborn baby a steak, brothers and sisters. He's not going to receive the nutrients. As a babe, you need the milk. You need the foundation. And once you have the foundation, you can move on to the meat or the tougher, the tougher mysteries of the Bible. Brothers and sisters, a lot of people, you know, usually rush to study the meat of the word. But that but what matters is the milk doctrine. The only way heaven is the only way to heaven is through knowing and understanding the milk doctrine, brothers and sisters. You will hear a man exhort himself highly. Excuse me. You will hear a man or a woman exalt themselves, you know, about how much they know. He or she knows about prophecies and biblical timings. But you find out he or she lacks the milk, lacks the knowledge of the milk, brothers and sisters, the meat. It's for those who know and understand the milk. So, brothers and sisters, this is where you start. We're going to go into it today. This is the foundation that you build upon. And if, if you know, if a teacher out there is not following this doctrine that, you know, was established by Christ and the disciples, then it's best that you don't learn with them, brothers and sisters. Because why? All knowledge is not good knowledge, brothers and sisters. Eve could, you know, our foremother Eve could tell you that. All knowledge is not good knowledge, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Uh, can you read one and two one more time, brother? First Corinthians three, verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. See, so it's our responsibility, brothers and sisters, as shepherds, if you believe that you're receiving some level of guidance and counsel from our church. Then the Most High have have you know entrusted with us the position to be a shepherd. Why? Because a shepherd understands the importance of the sheep, right? 
The shepherd understands that the sheep are more important than he is. Why? Because the sheep give you a multitude of things, right? The sheep give you clothing in the winter. There was no such thing as a lawnmower. So sheep graze the field, right? Fertilizer also, right? In, in, in fact, if it's needed, it's food. So a shepherd understands the importance of keeping the sheep safe, the Most High's flock safe, Christ's flock safe. So today we're going to step in and make sure we give you the milk in order to make sure you don't follow down a path that would lead you to non-belief, brothers and sisters. It's the responsibility of the shepherd to first give you the milk. Have you ever noticed the staff with the hook that the shepherd uses to, to redirect the sheep? Why? Because sheep... They just wander. Sometimes they'll be near a cliff. They'll be going the wrong way. They'll be near some wolves and you have to redirect them. So brothers and sisters, our church have the responsibility to give you a foundation. Therefore, you will be able to stand and you'll be able to see uh, right from wrong. You'll be able to consider what right from wrong is because why? If you don't have a foundation, then there's no way you can understand what's right from wrong according to scripture brothers and sisters we're going to go to hebrews 6 to give you the doctrine of christ these are the core beliefs of a follower of christ of an israelite doesn't matter if you're an israelite if you're not following these principles brothers and sisters and we're going to go to it these are the these are the questions that you ask a brother or a sister once you know once they you realize you know that you guys have the same study you understand that you're israel and all of that good stuff you know when you first come into the truth, I had many brothers tell me, well, why can't Israel just all come together? And I'm like, brother, we can't come together because there's different doctrines. There's different teachings and all Israelites do not believe the same. We weren't together when Christ when Christ was here. You had the Nicolaitans, you had the Pharisees, the Sadducees. You had all these different groups that had different beliefs, brothers and sisters. The same way in the Christian church, you have all of these different denominations. So we need to give you the foundation in any Israelite or anybody, brothers and sisters, that deviate from what we're getting ready to go into. According to Hebrews 6, they're not getting into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. We're going to go Hebrews 6 and 1 for the doctrine of Christ, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Right. When it says leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, this is for those who... Are apostles. What is an apostle? An apostle is someone who sets up churches. So with our church, we travel to we, you know travel to different cities, different countries, and states to set up a church. And this is what you must leave with that church. You must when you go set up a church, brothers. You need to leave these principles as a foundation. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse one. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Right. Why? Because you cannot get in strictly based on Torah. See, so a lot of people, you know, they're not teaching, you know, uh, baptism out of the Torah. See, they're teaching you out of Moses' law what to do, what not to do, what to wear, what not to wear. And that's all good. But that that is a base knowledge, brothers and sisters. In order to move on, you need to have this part. This is the part you need to have, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Brothers and sisters, in this revelations, in these revelations, we find that what we find out what the core doctrine of the church of Christ should be. This is the core, brothers and sisters. 
You must add what we're about to read to the base knowledge of the Torah, brothers and sisters. This is the doctrine that must be laid wherever there's a church. Continue, brother. Verse 2 of the doctrine of baptism. Baptisms. You must be, whoever's teaching, must teach baptism. And of laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. That's healing, brothers and sisters. And of resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead is when Christ returns. Those, right, who passed beforehand will be resurrected. And of eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. We understand what that is. That is the hellfire, brothers and sisters. This is our message. The rock upon which we build. The foundation of everything else in the church. Like all that comes from the Most High, this doctrine is pure. This doctrine is clear. This doctrine is easy to understand, even for a child. With glad hearts, brothers and sisters, we invite all to receive this doctrine. Brother Corey, can you read that from the top again, please? Uh, verse 1? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So, brothers and sisters, before you learn from somebody, no matter who it is, including ourselves, these are the questions you need to ask. So, brother, um, how do you feel about baptism? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, how do you feel about laying on of hands? Well, what do you feel about the resurrection? In fact, how do you feel about hell? Because why? There's some brothers who say hell don't exist. See? And this is why Christ was killed. Because the doctrine, brothers and sisters, we can't come together just because we're Israel. You must have the, the, the correct doctrine, brothers and sisters. So when you are, you know, open to maybe studying with somebody that you met, even online or something, right? Because they're a Hebrew, they're an Israelite. This is the core. If they don't agree with this, then we can't learn with you. Because why? Two cannot walk together unless they be agreed, brothers and sisters. You must understand these core teachings. And if you don't agree with this, you're not following Christ. You're following the culture of being an Israelite. And we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're not following being an Israelite. We're following the Israelite, which is Christ, brothers and sisters. This path is both beautifully and simple and yet profoundly deep. The very simplicity of the path. And our assumed sophistication can lead us to look beyond this mark to try to see, you know, the profound nature of this simple path. For what? For it is through the doctrine of Christ that we have access to the power of Christ's atonement in our lives. It is how we receive the enabling of power of grace, brothers and sisters. So this right here is the core foundation, brothers and sisters. A lot of people, they see this and they think it's just, you know. It, it, it's it's such easy understanding that they're looking for meat. They're looking for something harder to do, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. See, and this is it, leaving the doctrine, leaving the principles, brothers and sisters. I had brothers tell me, when it says leaving the principles, it's actually saying don't teach this. And I'm like, brother, who, who, who taught you that, brother? Because you're completely wrong. This is for those who are going to set up churches. This is the doctrine when you lead. If you go to set up a church, right, or open up a store, right, then as a franchise, there's a certain things that you need to teach those who are going to do the work, right? So this is what you must establish. If you go somewhere to set up a church, right, these are the principles that must be agreed upon and then everything else will come. But this first, some people think, you know, this is just easy, 
So, you know, I'm going to move past it. I want to go into higher knowledge. But you can't go into higher knowledge until you get the milk first, brothers and sisters. Can you read uh, verse 2, brother? Verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Right. See, this is the doctrine, brothers and sisters. Why do we bring this up? Because there's so many doctrines out there, brothers and sisters. There's a doctrine out there where um, uh, brothers say, well, uh, the 12 tribes chart is off. And I'm like, brother, don't tell me that the 12 tribes chart is off. If, if you if you believe it's off, then what you should do is come and say, you know what? I know what the 12 tribes are today. And, th- and these are the scriptures that back it up. Don't try to come tear something down if you don't have what the truth is. Because we didn't learn who the 12 tribes are through a 12 tribe chart. The 12 tribes chart just solidified what the Bible said, brothers and sisters. So you have different doctrines out there. You have a doctrine where um, everything is based on, uh, 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 you know, there's a doctrine out there where the whole Bible has been fulfilled already. There's brothers out there actually teaching that, that the whole Bible, Christ's second coming, everything have already come, brothers and sisters. You have the doctrine out there of reincarnation, brothers and sisters. See? So these are the doctrines that's out there, brothers and sisters, and there's many doctrines. And a lot of the young brothers and sisters out there are coming up with these, you know, are learning these doctrines like it's new. This stuff is old, brothers and sisters. There's no new doctrines in the earth. They think it's new and that, you know, maybe teachers haven't learned these things. These things are old, brothers and sisters. I know, you know, there's a lot of young people out there who are waking up. Because why? They, they answered the call. But then Satan will come in and choke out the word by putting these other doctrines. This is what we must agree upon to get into the kingdom. And if you don't agree upon this, then, you know, you're not in the doctrine of Christ. We, we don't need to agree on much other than this. You, Israelites are going to have different opinions. But as long as we agree on this, you'll make it, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you. Uh, brother, let's go to Matthew 3. And 13, because it says the doctrine of baptism. So we're going to teach the doctrine of baptism. We're going to teach the laying on of hands. We're going to teach the resurrection of the dead. We're going to teach of eternal judgment to show you these are the core principles that must be taught. If you are going to learn from somebody, brothers and sisters, we're going to Matthew 3 and 13. We're going to deal with baptism, the doctrine of baptism. Let's go there, brother. We're going to Matthew 3. We're going to uh, we're going to read verse 13, brother. Matthew 3 and 13. The cometh, then cometh Christ from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Right. See, so why do we go mm-hmm. here? To show you that Christ was baptized, brothers and sisters. See, this is when Christ's ministry started. This is the third chapter of Matthew. This is when his, his, this is when his, his ministry began, brothers and sisters. Because why? Your ministry must begin with you being baptized. That's how your ministry begins, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13, then cometh Christ from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Right. John was Christ's blood cousin, his first cousin. John was a Levite. He was a Haitian, brothers and sisters. Jump to verse 16, brother, please. Verse 16, and Christ answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now, for thus is cometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him and Christ when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Read that again, brother. And Christ, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. See, to show you that what? They, you know, the Most High, the Holy Spirit was pleased in him being baptized. 
See, so are you following Christ or are you following Moses? Because a lot of Israelites are just dealing with the Torah. Uh, and th- baptism is not being taught out of the Torah. That's why he's saying you must lay down these foundation, these principles. Because what? We all agree on the Ten Commandments, right? We all agree about it. It's not an Israelite alive, right, that knows they're an Israelite who don't agree with the Ten Commandments. But that's just the base information, brothers and sisters. This is what's going to set us apart. Christ himself was baptized, brothers and sisters. So are you following Christ? Are you following, uh, you know, your pastor? Because I asked the pastor, Christian pastor, uh, you know, do you need to be baptized? He told me, well, that's your choice. And I'm like, brother, that you don't have a choice. <laughs> if you're not baptized, you don't make it into the kingdom, right? And a lot of Christian churches, they do baptize. So we're not, you know, we're not looking to smear them, but we need to be clear. It's not a choice. If you want to get into the kingdom, you must be baptized. If you're a follower of Christ, notice we always say follower of Christ and not a Christian. Why? Because we, we follow Christ. Christians don't. The Bible tells you don't celebrate Christmas. They do that. The Bible tells you don't eat pork. They do that. Right? The Bible say don't go to church on the first day of the week. They do that. So they're not following Christ. We're following Christ. We're followers of Christ. We're Israelites who follow Christ. We don't, we, you know, that term Christian, when you say that, People believe that you agree with Christianity, and we don't, brothers and sisters. And we're gonna we're gonna go into it today. We're gonna go into it today. Can you read sixteen and seventeen one more time, brother, please? Matthew three and sixteen. And Christ, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." See. Who I am well pleased. Why? Why would he, why was he pleased? Because he was baptized. See? And we're going to show you. This is the doctrine of baptism, brothers and sisters. Christ is the door. Christ is that rock. And if you build, if you don't build on that rock, when the when the rain comes, that house is going to fall down, brothers and sisters. This is the foundation. So I don't care if, a, you know, I don't care if a man have fringes coming out of his nose. If you're not dealing with this. Then you're a babe, just like Corinthians said. You're a babe. If you don't know about baptism, I don't care however long you think that you've been uh, teaching the Bible, right? If you don't agree with baptism, you're a babe. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have it right now. Maybe the Most High will bring it to you. But I'm not going to go back and forth with a brother who don't believe in baptism. Shalom, brother. Shalom. Maybe the Most High will, you know, bring that on you at some time. But you're not there right now. So I don't care... If your beard is touching the ground, if you not if you don't agree with baptism, you a baby according to the Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to further proof, further proof. We're going to go to John three and one through five. Further proof about the uh, the doctrine of baptism because there's so many Israelites out there who say you don't need to be baptized. Why? Because they don't believe in the New Testament. They just want to f- follow Torah. And hey, listen, if you don't follow the New Testament, this lesson is not for you. And that's okay. If you don't believe in Christ, because a lot of Israelites out there don't believe in Christ, that's okay. This is not for you. This is for those who want to follow the entire Bible, the completion of the record, including the Apocrypha, the 14 books that was taken out by the Protestants and Catholic Church. We, at the Commandment Keepers Church, we follow the entire Bible, brothers and sisters. So if you're a person who don't believe in the New Testament, just cut this recording off and go find somebody you can agree with. We're going to read John 3, 1 through 5. John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
The same came to Christ by night. Right. Notice it says he came to Christ by night. Why? Because he was a ruler of the Jews. So he, you know, he came at night to learn from Christ. Right. Because why? He had a position of power. So he really didn't want to be seen going to him in, you know, in broad daylight when he's supposed to be a ruler. So he should have this information. So, brothers and sisters, this is critical because a lot of people, especially who think that they are um, have some level of cachet or status within the truth. They don't want to relearn again. The way Nicodemus humbled himself, you had to relearn again. A lot of these Israelites don't want to do that because they're some of the most pompous, arrogant, smug individuals you will ever meet, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 2. The same came to Christ by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost, except God be with him. Verse 3, Christ answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So unless you be born again, you will not see the kingdom, brothers and sisters. Examine this, brothers and sisters. What is he going to say? Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, so he was thinking from a carnal aspect. As most of our people do, brothers and sisters. He was thinking from a carnal aspect. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And Christ answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Christ answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of the water and the spirit, brothers and sisters. Water is a heavenly liquid. It's in heaven, too. Remember, he said he divided the waters from the waters. So water isn't just H2O, brothers and sisters. Everything we see came from the waters. Everything. So it's, it's, it's more than taking a bath. Brothers and sisters, baptism confirms our repentance and renews all covenants we have entered into with the Most High Ahadi, thus becoming a vital conduit for us to receive the power of godliness into our lives. This is our physical witness of our commitment to remember and obey, brothers and sisters. See, this is repentance. This is a form of repentance, brothers and sisters. So this is this needs this must be taught from from any church that's, you know, that's dealing with, 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 with the Bible. Any church who claims to be following Christ and trying to make it into the kingdom, this doctrine must be taught. Christ himself was baptized. Christ also himself, through his mouth, said you must be born of water and the spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom. doesn't matter who you are, brothers and sisters. So this must be taught. And if you don't agree with this, then I cannot learn with you. I cannot learn from you. I love you anyway. Shalom, brother. Shalom, sister. But I have to stick with the doctrine of Christ. There's all these different doctrines out there that people want to bring so they can, you know, um, so they can view themselves as teachers. So a lot of times people will come with a different doctrine outside of just a simple, pure doctrine of the Bible so they can be viewed as different or as having some information that other brothers and sisters don't have. So we want to be clear, brothers and sisters, you must stick with the doctrine of Christ. That's in Hebrews 6 and 1. There's so many different doctrines out there that can lead you astray, brothers and sisters. There's the doctrine out there of a flat earth. And everything should be based on the earth being flat. See? That's not, a, that's not core principles from Hebrews 6. Christ didn't teach about 
you know what shape the earth was doesn't matter what shape the earth is it doesn't change even if the if the earth was a square it doesn't change what you're supposed to do in it does it see so satan have come up with these different uh you know these different snares in order to slow you down no matter what shape the earth is it doesn't change what you need to do in it as a follower of christ does it as long as it's straight when I walk down the road, that's all that matters. But these are the doctrines that Satan have implemented in order to choke the word out, choke the seed, brothers and sisters. That's not important. What's important is this, because I'll have brothers telling me about, you know, all this deep stuff, what they think is deep. Oh, you know, and then I ask them, well, what do you feel about baptism? Well, you know, baptism, we don't really need to do that. I'm like, brother, how are you going into this deep knowledge of all these other records, these Hebrew records, but you don't even have the milk, brother? You're you going backwards, brother. So we're going to make sure that, you know, those who follow our church have the doctrine so they can be able to contend with false doctrine. Because why? If you don't have the true doctrine, how can you defend false doctrine? You have nothing to fight with. Now, once you have the doctrine today here, brothers and sisters, you will be able to view false doctrine because it won't line up with Hebrews 6. And we're going to go into it today, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into it. We're going to Mark 9 and 23. Because why? It said the doctrine of baptism, the doctrine of laying on of hands. And we're going to show you. Our, you know, our church do both of those things. And we're going to show you, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. If, if somebody don't believe in laying on of hands or baptism, we cannot learn from you, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Mark 9 and 23 through 29, brother. Mark 9, verse 23. Christ said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. Right. So a man who had a child, who had a, uh, a spirit, a sickness, came to Christ. And this is what Christ said. Verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Christ saw that the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, he, saying unto him. He rebuked what, brother? The foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. See, to show you that what? Sickness disease is a spirit brothers and sisters thou dumb and deaf spirit see so this is part of land on of hands when you tell your you know your friends your family listen that sickness is a spirit it, it comes from a demon see that's part of land on of hands brothers and sisters it's giving them the identification the origin of what it truly is because why if you understand that it's a spiritual sickness then you understand there's a spiritual cure right and you can't give a pill to a spirit or to a demon brothers and sisters so this must be taught. It must be taught that sickness and disease is a spirit, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 25. When Christ saw that people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. See, so Christ didn't ask, you know, so what are your symptoms and how you fell in? See, he didn't even deal with none of that. He spoke directly to the spirit, brothers and sisters, and charged him to come out. See? So by you sharing this information of what the origin of a sickness is, that's part of laying on of hands. That's the doctrine of Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 26. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead in so much that many said he is dead. But Christ took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, 
Why could not we cast him out? Why? Because the disciples tried to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't. But Christ had the power. And what did Christ say? Verse 29. And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. See, this is part of this is part of laying on of hands, brothers and sisters. You need to be able to identify the origin first and then tell the person, listen, these spirits can come out through fasting and prayer. See, that's laying on of hands. This must be taught, brothers and sisters. Number one, the sickness is a demon. It's a spirit. Number two, the way to be able to heal all things is through prayer and fasting. Constant prayer. Fasting means, uh, you know, staying away from food for, for a number of days. You know, depriving your, depriving your flesh. Because why? We read that it's a spirit. Spirits love to consume. And if you starve that spirit out that we just read about through fasting and prayer, it will depart. See? It will depart, brothers and sisters. So we needed to show you that this is a part of, this is a form of laying on of hands. Which is what? Educating our people about what sickness is, where it comes from, and how to heal it. This must be taught. And if it's not being taught as a core foundation, brothers and sisters, then what? Then it's not the doctrine of Christ and you should not follow it, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you another form of laying on of hands. These things must be taught, brothers and sisters. We're going to John chapter 5, verse 5. John 5 and 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Christ saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Christ said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. See, this is something that should also be taught, brothers and sisters. This is something that also should be taught is that healing. You have better chance to be healed on the Sabbath. See, when you're not out spending money, right? See, you want to be healed. You must understand the origin of it, what it is, where it came from, how to heal it. And when you have the most power to heal, brothers and sisters. See, this is all a form of what? Of laying on of hands. This also must be taught. Brother, jump down to verse 14 because this is the important part right here. John 5 and 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. To prove you that sickness come from sin, brothers and sisters. See, you must identify that to your brothers and sisters, right? To your family, your friends, your loved ones. That sickness don't just come from uh you know, uh, the environment. No, it don't come from the environment. It comes from the sin. And see, and we know that, you know, that can, you know, that can be a, a little offensive if somebody's in that spirit of being offended. So you, you saying that something I did caused me to be sick? Well, I didn't say that. Bible said that, brothers and sisters. See, so this is a form of laying on of hands. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. That means if you sin after you've been healed, you have something worse happen now. See? They don't teach this in Christian church, brothers and sisters. They don't teach us that sin bring on sickness. See? They'll put you on high blood pressure medication, right? They'll put you on all these different types of medications, antidepressants, right? 
when it's something spiritual that came from a sin. See? So you got to be, this is the doctrine, brothers and sisters. You must abide by this doctrine. And if whoever is teaching or whoever you want to learn from or study with or fraternize with don't agree with these things, then they're not on the path, brothers and sisters. Period. This is the doctrine of Christ, brothers and sisters. This must be taught through, through every church that's established on Christ. Brother, go to Job 13 and 4. Because these are forms of what? Of land on of hands. Job 13 and 4. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. See, so we got to tell our people the physicians are of no value. See, they're forgers of lies. So that means they'll make up a lie and then write you a prescription for the lie. See, they're not in the business of healing you. They're in the business of having you live with the sickness for the rest of your life. Because if you're healed, you don't need to come back, right? See? So this is the information that must be promoted to our people. That, the, you know, that the healthcare system is a bunch of lies. Now, are we saying that there's no reason to use a doctor? No, we're not saying that. That wouldn't be wise. But understand that you must consult with the Most High first. You, you, you consult with Him first. If you have a broken bone or something like that, right? Yeah, you, you, you know, you go to the doctor. But for things like, you know, just a checkup, right? Nah, nah. I'm not, if I, listen, if I don't feel bad, then I'm good. <laughs> because they want to just get you in the doctor's office so they can find something, right? Oh, did you get your mammogram? Oh, did you get this? Did you get that? Did you check your prostate? Listen, listen. <laughs> okay? Physicians of no value, brothers and sisters. This must be taught. This is the doctrine of Christ. And if somebody not teaching these principles, they're not following Christ, brothers and sisters. Therefore, you should not learn from them. Period. We're going to go to Daniel 12 and 2 because also it said what? It said, in fact, let's go back to Hebrews, brother, so we can read the doctrine one more time. We've gone over baptism. We've gone over uh, laying on of hands or healing. What were the other tenets of the doctrine of Christ? We're going to read it one more time. Hebrews 6 and 1. Verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. See, so now we need to show the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. These things must be taught, brothers and sisters. They must be taught. And when it says resurrection of the dead, this isn't reincarnation, brothers and sisters, because some people look at this and say, yeah, you, you know, you come back as another person. And see, that's dangerous, because if you believe you have more than one life to live, then you'll say, you know what? Well, I'll just get it right next time. I'll just, you know, I got another life. So, uh, you know, I'll just do what I want to do this time. Then I'll come back and then I'll do, you know, I'll do the right thing. See, so now you start to waste your life and, and not treat it with the respect that it deserves. You only get one of these, brothers and sisters. And if you don't live this one correctly, then your next life will be the eternal judgment, which is hellfire. And we're going to go into it. So we've gone into the doctrine of baptism. We've gone on to laying on of, laying on of hands. And now we're going to go into the resurrection of the dead, brothers and sisters. Because why? When you lay down, uh, you know, when you pass away, your body goes into the ground, but your spirit goes somewhere else. You don't just die. When you so-called pass away, that's just a transfer into another life, according to the Bible. We're going to show you. We're going to Daniel chapter 12, 
verse 2. Going to Daniel, brothers and sisters. Going to Daniel, brothers, brothers and sisters, 12 and 2. Daniel 12, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Read that one more time, brother. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. See, so our spirit goes somewhere until a judgment, brothers and sisters. It says, to, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth. Why? Because you're supposed to go back into the ground in which we were made from. Remember, Adam was made from the dirt of the ground, brothers and sisters. So we're supposed to return there. But once you return there, your spirit goes to a holding place. Can you read that one more time, brother? Daniel 12 and 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. See? So there's a holding there's a place for holding for the spirit, brothers and sisters, because why? You're made in the image of the Most High. The Most High cannot die. Therefore, you cannot die. There's no way you have a God particle within you that, you know, where you cannot be utterly destroyed. You will live either in contentment or in shame, in pain, in hellfire. But you will live because the Most High can't kill himself and you're made in his image. Read that one more time, please, brother, before we move on. Verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. See, now this is the doctrine of the re resurrection of the dead, brothers and sisters. This must be taught. We're going we're gonna to go to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13 through 17 to give you a better, uh, a better, a better understanding of what this is talking about. Resurrection must be part of the doctrine that's being taught by whoever, whatever church you're following, brothers and sisters. Verse 13? Yes, sir. First Thessalonians 4 and 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Right. So I wouldn't see. So we shouldn't. The Bible always repeats that we shouldn't be ignorant because why? Ignorance is bliss, brothers and sisters. We perish for lack of knowledge. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 13, but I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. It says that ye sorrow not. What does that mean? Because why? When somebody passed away, what? We cry, right? See? We cry. And he's saying, listen, we shouldn't cry. You know, understand? You can mourn for seven days, but after that, you need to understand what's transpiring after death, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Right. So it says <clears throat> those who are asleep. So those who are asleep are waiting in the bosom of Abraham for their change, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into where the bosom of Abraham is. Because why? Your soul goes somewhere in preparation until the return of Christ, until judgment. You don't just go to sleep in the grave like um, I think it's Jehovah Witnesses believe. that There is no hell. There's no judgment. You just go to sleep. And see, that's a trick. Why? Because if you believe there's no judgment, then that means you'll do whatever you want in life. 
because you don't believe there's a judgment. See, and this is the this is the the tricks of Satan, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse fourteen. For if we believe that Christ died and rose again, because why? He's showing you how Christ died and rose again. Because why? When you die, you'll rise again. So if you believe that Christ died and rose again, then you should be able to understand that there's resurrection. Just like how Christ was resurrected. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. For if we believe that Christ died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ will God bring with him. So it says, will God bring with him? Where's Christ coming to? See, Christ is coming to the earth. To judge. So those who are asleep, those who have passed away, who died, you know, in Christ, will come back with Christ. See, that's what this is saying. Christ isn't going to, uh, you know, take somebody up into heaven uh, in a rapture, what they teach in the Christian church. It's saying that Christ will bring them with, I mean, the Most High will send them with Christ. Where is Christ going to? Christ is coming to the earth, brothers and sisters. Can you read that next scripture, brother? Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. See, so it says, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Because why? A lot of us will be here when Christ come back. Everybody's not going to die, right? Some of us will be alive when Christ come back. It says, we shall not prevent them which are asleep, which means what? It means that if we're here when Christ return, we won't stop them from coming. Right? That's what this is saying. Can you read uh, 15 one more time, brother? Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. See, this is the first resurrection, brothers and sisters. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. See, descend means to go down, brothers and sisters. Christ is coming to the earth. He's not taking people up into heaven to hide him somewhere. That's, that's philosophy, brothers and sisters. When Christ come, he's coming for judgment. He's coming for war. And he's going to bring those who died, uphold, you know, those who died during tribulation, upholding the truth of Christ. He's going to bring them with him. See, he's bringing them here for a reason. This is the, the resurrection, brothers and sisters. This, this is critical. This must be taught through any church of Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. See, so the dead in Christ shall rise first. See, this is the, the scripture they use to say it's going to be a rapture, right? It says the dead in Christ shall rise first. What does that mean? That means that, you know, they'll be called up, right? So that means if you're buried in the earth, brothers and sisters, when Christ come, if you are engaged in tribulation, fighting for the truth of Christ, you will be brought back first. But you're being brought back for a reason. What are you being called up for? See, let us show you. Verse 17, brother, please. Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. See, so those who remain, who are still alive, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. What's, can you read that again, brother? Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
And so shall we ever be with the Lord. See, so this is the scriptures they use to say rapture when it's have nothing to do with the rapture. The word rapture is not even in the Bible, brothers and sisters. So don't fall for that, that madness. It says to meet the Lord in the air. They shall be called up. What are they being called up to do? Mm. See, they're being transformed to fight in Christ's army. They will become immortal. They're not floating up to go into heaven. They're going to meet Christ in the air. And they will be transformed so they can fight in Christ's army. What do you think Christ is coming to the earth to do? You think he's just coming to what? He's coming for judgment. And those who, you know, fought for the Most High God, fought for the truth, believed in Christ, they will help Christ fight the world armies. That's what the New World Order is about. It's all it's one world government, brothers and sisters. All governments from all countries will be under one um, one umbrella against the Most High God. See? So these people are being called up. It says they shall be called up together with them in the clouds to be what? To be transformed, brothers and sisters, to fight in Christ's army. Let us show you, brother, go to Job 14 and 9. Job 14 and 9. Yet through the scent through the scent of water it will it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the water fell from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dryeth up, so man lieth down and riseth not, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. O oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret. Until thy wrath be passed, that thou would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Till what? Till my change comes. Till my change comes, brothers and sisters. See? This is the resurrection. What change? To be transformed into immortality. To fight with Christ. See? This is the doctrine, brothers and sisters, of resurrection. Until Can you read that scripture one more time, brother? Verse 14, if a man die, shall he not live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Till my change come, brothers and sisters. See, that's what they're being called up to do, to be changed, to be transformed. Not to be raptured up into heaven. And then Christ said, you know what? I'm going to take you into heaven. Just, just hold on there. Just hold on there for seven years and then I'm going to come back again. See, that's, that's, that's repugnant, brothers and sisters. Christ is not coming back. Three, four, five times, okay? Because if, if what Christians are saying is true, then Christ is going to come back, rapture people, take them to heaven, and then come back again. Which now, that's a third coming. How many comings does Christ have? See? So this is what those scriptures are talking about. Those scriptures in Thessalonians where they're trying to make you believe that you're going to be floated up into heaven. That's nowhere in scripture, brothers and sisters. The kingdom is coming down from heaven onto the earth the same way this earth got here. This earth came... From the heavens. Christ is preparing a place that's going to come from the heavens, brothers and sisters. See? I will wait until my change come. We needed to show you that, brothers and sisters, because why? This is what they're being changed for. They're being changed to fight in Christ's army. The Christians never go into this, brothers and sisters. Never go into this. We're going to go to uh, Luke 16 to show you where... What's the judgment? What's the eternal judgment? Where does the soul go 
while you're waiting for your change, right? We're going to Luke chapter 16, verse 20. Luke 16, verse 20. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate for full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked their sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Carried where, brother? Into Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. What is this? Abraham's bosom is in the center of the earth, right? This is where the souls are taken until judgment. Some people think when you die, you go directly to heaven. That's, that's not in scripture anywhere. You go to a holding called Abraham's bosom. You have Abraham's bosom and you have Hades, which is in the center of the earth, separated by a chasm or ravine that cannot be crossed. See, read that one more time, brother, please. Luke 16 and 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and he was buried. And it had... And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torment. See, so how can you say that hell isn't true? I know Israelites will say, well, yeah, hell is really, a, a, you know, it's really a, a status of life. You know, what we're living in is hell right here. And the rich man is the white man. Right. And Lazarus is Israel. This is this is what Israelites will say, brothers and sisters. See, the first thing you need to know when you're studying the Bible is the Bible is a literal book. Right. So you must believe it literally. We understand that there's parables and things in there. But if you, the Bible is a literal record. And if you don't believe it as a literal record, then you're going to fall into philosophy. This is a literal record. Believe it as you read it, brothers and sisters. Can you read 23 again, brother? Verse 23. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. See, so the, Ab the Abraham's bosom in hell are in the same area. They're just divided because the uh, excuse me, Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man sees Lazarus to show you that they can see each other, brothers and sisters. See, continue, brother. Verse twenty-four, and he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." See. So Lazarus was on the side of Abraham's bosom, which is complete tranquility and quietness, right? And then he's being tormented. Now, remember, the rich man wouldn't feed Lazarus. He would walk right past him when Lazarus laid at his gate. And now Lazarus is on the righteous side of the bosom of Abraham. And he is in Hades or hell, right? Or the holding place for Hades, which is in the center of the earth. Continue, brother. Verse 25, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things. See, so you had time when you were living and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. See, so just because you're rich or you seem highly favored by this world don't mean that when you die that you are going to the right place, brothers and sisters. We need to show you about the bosom of Abraham because this is where the soul goes when you pass away. You either go to Sheol or hell, the side of torment, or you're on the side of Abraham's bosom, which is a tranquility. It's a serene environment. It's silent, right? 
Continue, brother. Verse 26. Actually, read 25 again, please. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is this great gulf fixed. See, so between us and you, speaking to the rich man, and between Abraham and Lazarus, there's a great gulf fixed. So there's a gulf in between where you can't cross over to the other side. The righteous going to be on the righteous side and those who were unrighteous will be able to see the righteous. But you will not be able to cross over to help. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you, they cannot. Neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. See? So you cannot pass over to each side. See, that's this is where your soul goes, brothers and sisters. All souls, when you die, you either go to the bosom of Abraham, which is the righteous side, or you go into torments, period. And this is in the center of the earth. Why don't they teach this, brothers and sisters? Why are Israelites teaching this? Hmm? Because they don't they don't you know, if you don't believe in baptism, you probably don't believe in hell. Because why? If you believe, then you would probably be baptized because you don't want to go to hell. So this is all about you being comfortable and not being, you know, not having to change. And listen, the only God that allow you, that will accept you for you and not have you change is Satan. That's the only one, brothers and sisters. So this is the doctrine that must be taught, brothers and sisters. This is where the soul is being called up from, from the resurrection. This is where the soul is. See? Brother, go to 1 Corinthians 15 to buffer that point. We're going to read uh, 49 through 54. 1 Corinthians 15 and 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. See, so when we were born, right, we had an earthy shell. But when Christ returns, we'll have our heavenly shell. Because remember, when Christ died on the cross and came back, right, he had a new body. Remember, they couldn't even identify him. They didn't even know he was Christ. He had a new glorious body. The same thing that you'll receive. Can you, can you read that again, brother? Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth, doth corruption inherit incorruption. See, so you'll have a new body, brothers and sisters. This is what you'll be called up into the air to be transformed. Those who have died will be transformed first. Those who are still living will be caught to meet them in the air and they will be changed. See, this is what it's talking about. Continue, brother. Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. See, I show you a mystery. It's a mystery. So everybody will not ascertain, brothers and sisters. Everybody not going to understand this. See, read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. See, we all won't die, but we all shall be changed. Because why? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. See? So this is the resurrection. We showed you, you know, that you'll be called up. You'll be changed where you're being called up from, where hell is, where Sheol is, where the bosom of Abraham is, where the holding place is. See, this is where you'll be called back from if you perish. 
Continue, brother. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. See? The dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. See? So this change is to make those who follow Christ immortal, brothers and sisters. Verse 54. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to the passing, to the past that saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. See? So brothers and sisters, changing those who follow him is for a purpose, brothers and sisters. Why are you being changed? You're being changed to fight in Christ's army, brothers and sisters. That's why. This is the doctrine that must be taught, brothers and sisters. Brother Corey, could you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 49 through 54 one more time so we can make sure the brothers and sisters uh, get the understanding? Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall raise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall be put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. See, so brothers and sisters, we have earthy shells right now. But when Christ returns, we will have our heavenly shell. <clears throat> it's a mystery, brothers and sisters. So everybody's not going to ascertain. Everybody's not going to understand it. And that's fine. He who have an ear to hear will answer the call, brothers and sisters. So those who remain will also be changed. But what? Those who passed away will be resurrected and changed. And the change is to make those who follow Christ immortal. He's changing those who follow him for a purpose, brothers and sisters. And that's to fight in his army against the world powers. See? So this is the resurrection, brothers and sisters. Now, we need to show you what happens to the spirit after death. Before it goes into the bosom of Abraham. What transpires? See? And you would need to have an apographer for this. An apographer is the 14 books that was taken out of the 1611, the original King James Version Bible. Corey and I have a King James, Corey and I have a, a an Oxford King James Version Bible with the apographer in it. It's right in the middle of the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's 14 books that was taken out. Why did the Romans and the Protestants take this out? Because they knew that you would have the understanding of what transpires after death. And they, they need that to be a mystery to you. So we're going to show you that Ezra, the Most High God, gave Ezra a vision to hide this particular information. We're going to 2 Ezra 14 and 44 to show you that Ezra, who was Ezra, hid the scriptures concerning what happens to the soul after death. We're going to read 2 Ezra chapter 14. We're going to read 44 through 46. Because why? There was a group of men. Who fasted and prayed together. And the Most High, he, he guided the pens of these prophets. 
right? As to, you know, what happens after death. We're going to show you. Second Ezra 14 and 44. In 40 days, they wrote 204 books. And it came to pass when the 40 days were fulfilled that the highest spake, saying, The first that thou hast written, publish openly, that the worthy and unworthy may read it. So the first part that you've written, because why? The Most High is guiding the pen of the prophets through visions and through understanding. Because why? Because they're fasting, they're praying, they're studying together. He's saying the, the, the first that you have written, publish openly that the worthy and unworthy may read it. So this is for everybody. This is public information. See? But what? But keep the 70 last. Read that again, brother. Verse 46. But keep the 70 last that thou mayest deliver them one only to such as be wise among the people. But keep the 70 last that thou mayest deliver them only to the wise of his people. See? So there were 70 scriptures that was hidden, brothers and sisters. See? And in order to get these scriptures, you need to actually get a Cambridge or an Oxford annotated King James Bible. Because if you just get a regular apographer, it's not there. See? So you have to, and, and this is the importance of having a teacher, brothers and sisters. There's a lot of men out there say, well, you know, I just learn on my own. And, uh, you know, that's not of the most high. Any brother or sister who say, you know, well, I, I don't learn from man. You need to be careful from that person because that person is being led by spirit. And it's not the spirit of the most high God. We must be together, brothers and sisters. I learned from a man. Okay. Every person who's following Christ is going to learn from a man. Why? Because Christ set up men. See, the disciples were men. Christ was a man. So anybody who's saying, well, yeah, I just learn on my own. Right. If you learn it on your own, I'm not learning anything from you, right? Because you must be amongst people because when you're by yourself, then you have no counsel. Somebody can't come to you and say, well, that seems wrong or that sounds like a mistake or make me understand it. You, you're not, you know, you're not sharpening iron. You just by yourself, you know. So this is why it's important to have a teacher. I had a teacher and we're going to, you know, we're going to use our position to teach our brothers and sisters because why? This scripture says that. The Most High told Ezra to keep scripture, 70 scriptures last and hide them. Now, how could you learn that if a man didn't teach you, brothers and sisters? So don't let somebody chump you or punk you by saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you learn from men. I'm like, okay, what, what does that mean? If, if, if what that man is saying can be, you know, can, can, you, can, you can get what the man is saying out of the Bible, then it's not that man. That man is just a mouthpiece for the Most High God. See? So it's not about who it came from. It's about, is it true? I've had brothers say, well, yeah, you learned here and you learned this and you learned from this man. And I'm like, brother, was anything that I taught wrong? Because, <laughs> see, they won't deal with that. They'll just deal with, oh, well, you learned from here and you learned from there. See? So, brothers and sisters, stick on the topic. Because even with you, as you learn, right, people will probably start to attack the church. Saying, well, well, who are they? Who, who are you learning from? Right? You, you learning from a man. They're trying to chump you. Brothers and sisters, don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. If you feel like you're being, you feel like you're being spiritually fed somewhere, whether it's at this church or another church, stay there, brothers and sisters, and respect that man's ministry because you're going to confuse yourself if you jump all over the place. See? Brother, read uh, 45 and 46 one more time, please. Second Ezra 14 and 45. And it came to pass when the 40 days were fulfilled that the highest spake, saying, The first that thou hast written, 
published openly, that the worthy and unworthy may read it. But keep the seventy last, that thou mayest deliver them only to the such be wise among the people. See? So only the wise are going to get this, brothers and sisters. So what scriptures was he hiding? He was hiding the scriptures that tell you what happens to the spirit after death. The state of the dead after judgment, brothers and sisters. The cavern, there's a cavern in the earth where all spirits are. Spirit feels, brothers and sisters. When you're dead, you're as conscious as when you're asleep, brothers and sisters. The same way you feel now, you'll feel when you're dead. Because why? The spirit is what feels pain, not the body, brothers and sisters. It's not the body. That's a trick from Satan. So he hid the scriptures of what? The seven day travel to the bosom or to torments. There's a seven day travel from the day in which you pass away, in which you go through a range of emotions. See where one minute is like eternity, brothers and sisters. See, so the church couldn't have you have this information. They needed you to need to come to them. When you needed some edification. This is why they took this out of the Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2nd Ezra 7 and 75, brothers and sisters. Because why? You need an annotated apographer, which we have. Right now, we have an Oxford edition Bible, brothers and sisters. We have the, the new Oxford annotated Bible, brothers and sisters. The college edition. This is a college book, brothers and sisters. They're teaching this in their universities. But our people don't go to these schools, right? So we're going to go there. We're going to give it to you, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2nd Edris, chapter 7, and we're going to read 75, brothers and sisters. 2nd Edris 7, verse 75. I answered and said, If I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, show this also to your servant, whether after death, as soon as every one of us yields up the soul, we shall be kept in rest until those times come when you will renew the creation or whether we shall be tormented at once. See, so he's asking what happens after you pass away. That's what we're going into, brothers and sisters, the judgment. Verse 76. He answered me and said, I will show you that also, but do not include yourself with those who have shown scorn or number yourself among those who are tormented. See, so he said, I'll show you as if. But this is not applicable to you. Because why? You following me. See? So we're getting ready to show you. Those who die and are, and, and are not righteous, brothers and sisters. Excuse me. And who are not righteous. This is what transpires. There's a seven-day travel, right? And see, this is why it was custom when our people, when we had somebody who died, right? In ancient times, we gave gifts for seven days. And after the seven days... You put it to rest, brothers and sisters. This is what transpires. The moment that you pass away, this is what transpires. This is a secret. It's a mystery, brothers and sisters. And you see if you can prove this wrong, brothers and sisters. What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I'm on 77. Okie dokie. Verse 77. For you have a treasure of works stored up with the Most High. But it will not be shown to you until the last time. See, so he told he told Ezra, do not count, include yourself with what you're about to see. Because why? You have treasure of work stored up with the Most High. That's what you need to do, brothers and sisters. You must work for the Most High. That's what that's what you must do. And we actually have a lesson that uh, we'll be putting out in the near future about what the work is. What What is actually when the Bible talks about the works that's stored up? What is the work? We're going to go into that, brothers and sisters. But for now, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. Can you read verse 77 again, brother? Verse 77. For you have a treasure of works stored up with the Most High, 
but it will not be shown to you until the last times. Now concerning death, the teaching is, when the decisive decree has gone out from the Most High, that a person shall die. See, when the decisive decree has gone out from the Most High. See, so the Most High have the power of life and death, not your doctor. See? Not the disease that they claim that you have. Well, you know what, sister, you you know, you got six months to live. Nah, nah. You don't have that right to tell me that. Thank you, sir. But uh, you know, I'll get a second opinion. See? Because you need to understand that the most high have the power of who live and die. See? Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse seventy eight. Now concerning death. The teaching is, when the decisive decree has gone out from the Most High that a person shall die, as the Spirit leaves the body to return again to him who gave it, first of all, it adores the glory of the Most High. See, this is what happens to the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Examine this. Please examine this, brothers and sisters. Verse 79. If... It is one of those who have shown scorn and have not kept the way of the Most High. See, how do you show scorn? By not keeping his commandments, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Verse 79. If it is the one of those who have shown scorn and have not kept the way of the Most High, who have despised his law and hated those who fear God. And hated those who fear God. How do you show your fear? By keeping his commandments, brothers and sisters. See? Verse 80. Such spirit shall not enter into the habitation. See? Such spirits shall not go into the bosom of Abraham, the righteous, tranquil side. See? But what? But shall immediately wander about in torments. Whoa. See? Immediately shall wander about in torments, brothers and sisters. Always grieving and sad in seven ways. See? There will be grieving and sad in seven ways. So they'll be emotional. So once they die, these are the things that they're going to be contemplating in their head, brothers and sisters. Verse 81, the first way, because they have scorned the law of the Most High. The second way... Read, read that one more time, brother. Please. The first way is, because they have scorned the law of the Most High. See, so they'll be confused, right? They'll be emotional because they'll say, I could have been good for a few years. How could I not know that this was the truth? How could I not have followed it? I could have been good for 80 years. Because why? Now you have eternity to look for. In one minute... It's like eternity in this particular place. Because why? There is no time there. Time is based, you know, it's something that spirits don't deal with. Because why? Time is only was only implemented because there's judgment. See, if there was no judgment, there would be no need to keep time. What are you keeping time for? Because there's a judgment. See, but where this is, there is no time. Where the most high is, there is no time. Outside of this realm, there is no time, brothers and sisters. So the first way, they're going to think on how they scorn the most high's law. Verse 82. The second way is because they cannot now, they cannot now make a good repentance so that they may live. See? So now they can't repent. You had your chance to repent through being baptized and turning away from your sin. But once this happens, you, there's no more talking for you. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 82, the second way is because they cannot now make a good repentance so that they may live. The third way is they shall see the reward laid up for those who have trusted the covenants of the Most High. See, so the third way is they will see what the righteous will receive. Remember, in the bosom of Abraham, you had the rich man on one side and you had Abraham and Lazarus on the other side. And they could see. Remember, he spoke to Abraham, right? Right. So they can see what the righteous is going through and how they're being rewarded. 
Verse 84. The fourth way, they shall consider the torment, they shall consider the torment laid up for themselves in the last days. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 84. The fourth way, they shall consider the torment laid up for themselves in the last days. Why? Because the only thing they have to look forward to is what? The lake of fire, brothers and sisters. So not only do they see their punishment, but they see how we, or, you know, the righteous, are protected in profound quiet. Verse 85, the fifth way, they shall see how the habitation of the others are guarded by angels in profound quiet. Read that one more time, brother. The fifth way is they shall see how the habitations of the others are guarded by angels in profound quiet. See? So they'll be able to see, right? They'll be able to see those who are being protected in profound quiet. So not only will they see their punishment, they'll see, because during this time you'll have an angel, right, that looks like you. And he's going to drag you down to hell. He's going to be an uh, angel that looks just like you. He's going to be looking angry and mad. And it's a lot of you thugs out there too. So let's see how thug you are when there's judgment. Verse 86. The sixth way. They shall see how some of them will cross. They shall see how some of them will cross over into torment. So they'll see other people being dragged down into They'll be seeing brothers and sisters dragged down into torments, brothers and sisters. When people are dying, they're being dragged down. They're going to see this, brothers and sisters. They're going to see people being dragged down into torments. Verse 87. The seventh way, which is worse than all the ways that have been mentioned, because they shall utterly waste away in confusion and be consumed with shame. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 87. The seventh way which is worse than all the ways that have been mentioned, because they shall utterly waste away in confusion and be consumed with shame. See, so they're confused now, brothers and sisters. What does it mean? They're confused and they're fearful on why they didn't listen to the Most High. How could I not listen? See, Mm -hmm. this is how they're going to feel, brothers and sisters. And shall wither with fear at seeing the glory of the Most High in whose presence they sinned while they were alive. And in whose presence they are to be judged in the last times. See? So this is, this is they're going to be confused. They're going to be shamed. How could I not have followed this? It was easy. It was easy. How could I not follow this? See? This is what goes on after the soul leave the body, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 88. Now, this is the order of those who have kept the ways of the Most High. See, now this is for those who are righteous. When they shall be separated from their mortal body during the time that they lived in it, they they laboriously served the Most High and withstood danger every hour so that they may keep the law of the lawgiver perfectly. See, brothers and sisters? See? So those who live righteously, when their soul is separated from their mortal body, right? It says during the time that they lived it, in it, they laboriously served the Most High. That's what your, listen, that's your duty, brothers and sisters. Your duty is to what? Follow the Most High God. Follow His law, statutes, and commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And man is woman too. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, continue, brother? Verse 90. Therefore, this is the teaching concerning them. First of all, They shall see with the great joy the glory of him who received them. See, so we'll see the Most High and we'll be joyful. We'll see the Most High with joy because of everything that we've gone through and we made it. Verse 91. 
First of all, they shall see with the great joy the glory of him who receives them, for they shall have rest in seven orders. See, so we'll have rest. You'll think about how I overcame that evil. When I was there, there was so much temptation, and I overcame it. Right? Verse 92, the first order. Because they have striven with great effort to overcome the evil thought that was formed within them. See? So you fought against those evil thoughts. You overcame, right? So that it might not lead them astray from life into death. See? So you kept the commandments and you did not go astray. You got beat up. You got knocked down. But you kept the commandments as a lamp, as a light to your feet. Verse 93, the second order. Because they see the perplexity in which the souls of the ungodly wander and the punishment that awaits them. See, so we'll be able to see those in Hades, right? We'll be able to see how they're being tormented and punished. And see, the thing about hell is hell isn't just, it's not just hot, brothers and sisters. See, hell have different levels to it. Depending on your sins, right? Because there's certain records out there that say the women... Who had men fall to their vanity will be hung by their eyelids. They'll have a nail hit, you know, put through their eyelids and they'll hang like that. So you think it's just hot when no, it's not just hot, brothers and sisters. Go into the apocalypse of Paul if you want to know. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 93, the second order, because they see the perplexity in which the souls of the ungodly wander and the punishment that awaits them. The third order, they see the witness that he who formed them bears concerning them, that throughout their life they kept the law with which they were entrusted. Right, so you're gonna see we're gonna see the punishment over that chasm of the unrighteous, right? And we'll we'll receive our reward for keeping the law, right? And you know, those who are lawless, they'll be judged. Can you read uh ninety-four, brother? Ninety-four. The third order. They see the witness. That he who formed them bears concerning them. That throughout their life they kept the law with which they were entrusted. See? Kept the law in which they were entrusted, brothers and sisters. This is for those who keep the law. Verse 95. The fourth order. They understand the rest that they now enjoy. See? The rest that they now enjoy. So you will be in rest. It will be tranquil. You'll have no worries. Being gathered into their chambers and guarded by angels in profound quiet and the glory waiting for them in the last days. See, so as we're waiting on judgment, if you've passed, this is where you're at. You are, if you're righteous, you are being, you're in the chambers guarded by angels in profound quiet, brothers and sisters. See, verse 96, the fifth order. They rejoice that they have now escaped what is corruptible and shall inherit what is to come. See, so we're happy for deliverance and immortality. And besides, they see the straits and toil from which they have been delivered and the spacious liberty that they are to receive and enjoy in immortality. See, so we'll be able to see what we're going to receive, brothers and sisters. We're going to be able to enjoy it, brothers and sisters. Verse 97, the sixth order. When it is shown them how their faces is shine like the sun and how they are to be made like the light of the stars being incorruptible from the from then on. Right. So what is it saying? It's saying that we will be astonished by our new bodies. Our new bodies will be sensational. See? Verse 98. 
and the seventh order, which is greater than all that have been mentioned, because they shall rejoice with boldness and shall be confident without confusion and shall be glad without fear. For they press forward to see the face of him whom they served in life and from whom they are to receive their reward when glorified. See, so the seventh is what? We see the face of the most high. We see Christ. See, can you read that one more time, brother? Verse, verse 98, the seventh order, which is greater than all that have been mentioned, because they shall rejoice with boldness and shall be confident without confusion and shall be glad without fear. For they press forward to see the face of him whom they served in life and from whom they are to receive their reward when glorified. This is the order of the souls of the righteous, as henceforth is announced. And the previously mentioned are the ways of the torment that those who would not give heed shall suffer hereafter. See, this is part of the doctrine, brothers and sisters. See, we went into what? Baptism, healing or laying on of hands, right? The resurrection of the body and the judgment. See, that's the doctrine of Christ. And if you're not teaching these, then you're not following Christ. I don't care how long you know about slave ships. Because it's not an Israelite alive who can't break down Deuteronomy 28. See? We can't come together under Deuteronomy 28, though. We can come together under the doctrine of Christ, which is Hebrews 6 and 1. So when you are thinking about learning from somebody, you need to see how they feel about this, you know, these particular principles before you learn from them. See? This is what, this is what must be done, brothers and sisters. This is the doctrine of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, that you have the resurrection, you have the eternal judgment. Now, we're going to go to John 7 and 16 to show you that the doctrine of Christ didn't come from Christ. We're going to show you. John 7 and 16. Christ answered them, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. See, read that again, brother. Verse 16. Christ answered them. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. See, so if you know the doctrine, right, then you will be able to identify whether it's false doctrine or the true doctrine of Christ, which Christ's doctrine came directly from the Father. See, so if you reject Christ and his doctrine, then you reject the Most High. See? So if you know this doctrine, you'll know whether it's of God or if some, a man is speaking through himself. Because why? There's so many doctrines out there, brothers and sisters. And if it don't line up with this doctrine, then what? Verse 18, brother. Verse 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. See? So if you come outside of this doctrine, brothers and sisters, it's because you're seeking your own glory. And we, we, we deal with it all the time. Brothers will come and see what's established and say, you know what? I need to etch out a space for me. So I need to come with this new thing so people can say, yeah, well, let's go learn from him because he got something different. It's the same thing over and over, brothers and sisters. This has been going on for generations. And these young people think, you know, they got something new. You don't have anything new. You don't have anything new. This, this has been going on. There's nothing new under the sun. So if somebody bring you a different doctrine, he's speaking for himself. He want to show how deep he is. See? The only people that the Most High is going to entrust with teaching his word is a person who minimizes himself, right? And make sure the Most High is uplifted. See? 
You got to know how to minimize yourself. It's not about you. It's about teaching what the Most High told you to teach. And if you want to teach anything outside of what he told you to teach, then, you know, the Most High didn't catapult you into that position. You put yourself there or Satan put you there. Can you read uh, read 16 through 18 again, brother, please? John 7 and 16. Christ answered them. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. See, so I ha- I tell brothers all the time. You know, they say, well, y'all got the doctrine from here and doctrine from there. I'm like, brother, this is the doctrine of Christ. This is the doctrine of the Most High. You, you're trying to find something. Because why? Once they can't go against the doctrine, <laughs> then they'll make it seem like it's another reason why, you know, they're bringing you this, this madness. We've had people learn right with us, brothers and sisters. You can't find any holes in the doctrine because why? The doctrine is Christ's doctrine, which is the Most High's doctrine. See? So then they'll, they'll make it seem like, Oh, you know, I need to find a reason so I can separate myself from him. See, so that's what they'll do. Well, yeah, you know, I just thought, you know, you know, we shouldn't be eating certain things. Or you, we really shouldn't be celebrating holy days. Or, you know, the, the 12 tribes are all black people. See, this is what they come up with, brothers and sisters. When really, the issue is with the doctrine. It's not even whatever they're saying. They'll never tell you that it's the doctrine of Christ of why they have some level of venom against you, brothers and sisters. But I can promise you this. If you promote this doctrine, you will have enemies, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. See? So if you seek the glory of the Most High by teaching his doctrine, then there's no unrighteousness in him. See? Because the intent of your heart have to be right, brothers and sisters. Our intent at the Commandment Keeper's Church is to teach what Christ taught and what, you know, what we're commanded to teach. Not to try to come with some new spin on something to make it seem as if you know we're deep or we have something that even the disciples didn't have, right? We don't do that. That's why the Most High God have entrusted us because he know we are disciplined and we only teach what he tell us to teach. We're not trying to seem deep. We're not trying to get viewers. You know, only thing we're trying to do is give our brothers and sisters the truth so they can make it into the kingdom. Not for people to, you know, to think we're deep or we know some type of knowledge. We don't care about that. We don't care about if people think we're smart or we know the Bible. The only thing we care about is our brothers and sisters making it to the kingdom to be able to rejoice and worship the Most High God. That's all we care about. If you teach anything outside this doctrine, you're speaking of yourself. You're seeking your own glory. See? Brother, let's go to Ephesians 4 and 14. We're going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4 and 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. See? So we can't be tossed to and fro. Don't learn here and learn there. And Well, yeah, you know, I, I take a little bit from everywhere because, you know, everybody, the, the brother said some things, you know, that kind of identified with me. So, you know, I think I'm going to listen to him. Then I'm going to listen over here and I'm going to go here and go to, you're being tossed to and fro, brother. You're a child. See, you're being the child because you have itching ears. You're trying to hear everything that you could possibly hear. And when really, that's Satan's craftiness against you, brothers and sisters. See? If you follow somebody else's doctrine, that, then by default, they're over you. That's why people bring these doctrines, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. 
that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lay and wait to deceive. See? So these other doctrines, even though from the onset it may not seem divisive, but the doctrine... Leads, these doctrines lead to something else, brothers and sisters. It's not just about, you know, oh, is the earth flat or is it round? See, that actually leads you somewhere else. It, it just pulls you in because why? If, you, if you're dealing with that, right? If, <coughs> excuse me. If that's part of your doctrine, then now what do we have to do? We got to see who was the person who promoted that? Who, where's the origin of that come from? Who was the origin that said that the earth was a square or, or, or it was flat or whatever? See? Because if you're going to follow somebody who said, oh, it's a flat earth, and you believe that, now, since you follow me, follow this, follow that, now be, believe in reincarnation, believe in this and believe in that. Since I brought you a flat earth, right? Now take this too. See? So it leads you down a path, brothers and sisters. This is chess. It's not checkers. you got to think a step ahead, a couple steps ahead, because Satan is always ahead, brothers and sisters. He's crafty. He's cunning. Right? Lie and wait to deceive, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? The people who are bringing you these doctrines, they weren't there from the ground up. They seen that now you've taken an interest in finding out the truth. And now they want to be Johnny come lately. And say, well, yeah, since you're learning, right? We'll learn this and learn this and learn that. See? So, brothers and sisters, sound doctrine is an anchor against the danger of false doctrine. You cannot fight something with nothing. We need the true doctrine to fight and be defended against false doctrine. False doctrine is not only useless, it's dangerous, brothers and sisters. Ephesians warns us against the different winds of doctrine. See? So, whatever doctrine somebody bringing you, if it don't agree with these particular stipulations, then I'm not accepting it. I'm not reading the book. I don't care if the book came from a Hebrew. Because why? People will bring you other books that they claim is written by Israelites. I don't care about books written by Israelites if they don't agree with the doctrine of Christ. There was Israelites who, you know, wanted Christ dead. So I'm not following being in it. We don't follow being an Israelite. We're not following the culture of being Israel. We're following Christ, brothers and sisters. And that's the difference between this church and other churches, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Hebrews, brother, 13 and 9. We're sticking to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to stick in the New Testament. Hebrews 13, <clears throat> verse 9. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrine. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not pr profited them that have been occupied therein. See? So you need to start with the milk, brothers and sisters. See? Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Because there's a plethora. There's a myriad of doctrines out there, brothers and sisters. There's a doctrine out there where uh, people will say, well, um, uh, you, you know, you shouldn't eat meat, right? That's a doctrine, brothers and sisters, where people think it's a new doctrine. When really, that's a, the vegan doctrine is a, is a child's doctrine. That, that's old, brothers and sisters. Do not be carried with these different doctrines, brothers and sisters. Because why? The, the, with that doctrine of being a vegan, they'll just make the whole Bible wrong. They'll, they'll say, well, you know what? Everywhere it says meat, it's actually talking about grapes. Or it's actually talking about fruit. So they'll make the whole Bible wrong for the, for the lust of their carnality. Because of what they want to deal with. Or so they can be a teacher now. They will change up the whole Bible, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 9. 
Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. See? So do not be carried with strange doctrines, brothers and sisters. If it don't line up with Hebrews 6 and 1, then we don't follow it. And we're going to show you 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Because there's so many doctrines out there, brothers and sisters, that you have to be careful. All Israelites do not believe the same. I repeat, all Israelites do not have the same belief, brothers and sisters. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See? <laughs> so sound doctrine delivers us from the snare of false teachings, brothers and sisters. During the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Because why? These doctrines come from seducing spirits. You've been seduced. See? And Paul understood, right? These doctrines are like poison water that threaten the truth of the gospel itself. It's not just a doctrine. So doctrinal differences are crucial when the truth of the gospel is at stake, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hot iron. See, having their, haunt, their, their conscience seared. See, so once you start reading these other doctrines like, oh, we shouldn't receive Gentiles or the whole Bible's been fulfilled or we shouldn't eat meat. And see, once you once you go into that, your conscience has been seared. It's like putting a hot brand on your arm. What's there will take place. No matter what you do, you're not going to be able to get that off. You've been branded now. See, so you got to be careful with these doctrines, because when you put that brand on you, it will never come off. That's why you got to be very careful, brothers and sisters. You've been going to other doctrines outside of what Christ established, brothers and sisters. See, and we've been around many brothers who've been taken in all these different doctrines. And even though we brought them the truth or they've, they've, you know, they've had the truth. They've been, their mind, their conscience have been seared. Once you've fallen into that, there's no way out of it. It's, it's nearly impossible because you've been branded. You've been branded. And now it's going to go into one of the doctrines of the devil. Can you continue, brother? Verse 3. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. So forbidding to marry. That's, that's a doctrine out there, brothers and sisters. Uh, a lot of the, um, uh, the, the Catholics do this. Telling a priest, well, you can't be married and a nun can't be married. That's a doctrine of the devil, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. Forbidding to marry. And com commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. See, so this was a doctrine. This was there was brothers who were trying to say back then that we shouldn't eat meat. They were looking for a way to separate the church, brothers and sisters. This is what they used. Well, you know, we we, we shouldn't eat meats that the Most High created to be received with thanksgiving. What do we mean thanksgiving? Because why? There's a sacrifice with these holy days, brothers and sisters, in which you must partake in that sacrifice. See, but you had people saying, well, no, we really shouldn't eat meat, trying to cause a divide. This is what they were doing back then, brothers and sisters. See, so you have to be able to know that there's different doctrines out there, brothers and sisters. We already told you that vegan doctrine is a child's doctrine. We've we dealt with that many years ago and people think it's new. It's not new. 
Christ, the Savior, taught his doctrine in the, excuse me, Christ taught his doctrine in the meridian of time. And his apostles struggled mightily to preserve it against a barrage of false doctrine and philosophy. And this was one of them. The New Testament epistles cite numerous incidents demonstrating that seriousness and widespread apostasy that was already underway during the apostles' ministry. See, there was false doctrines back then, brothers and sisters. This is what I, you know, this is what the disciples were fighting against. All these different doctrines. You must stick with Hebrews 6, brothers and sisters, and don't deviate from that. Because if you do, you're going to fall to the snare of Satan. We're going to Romans 16 and 7, brothers and sisters. Romans 16, verse 7. Actually, brother, 17. Pardon me. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause the visions and offenses. Read that again, brother. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause the visions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. See? So if somebody come with a different doctrine, they're trying to cause a division. See, so you must take tally of who those people are and avoid them, brothers and sisters. See, it's your responsibility to know what a false doctrine is. It's not, it's, you know, you can't every time you get a false doctrine, we're not going to, you know, address it, brothers and sisters. What if I just address every doctrine that somebody brought me and say, well, OK, well, flat earth, let me add that to, the, to, to our teachings. Oh, OK, uh, not eating meat. Let me add that. To our teachings. That's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. See? What you're doing is you're going to cause a division. There will never be a time where somebody's going to bring me a video and say, well, yeah, uh, you should add this to your teachings. It's not going to happen. Because why? I can only teach what I can see. And you can't be, you can't have animosity towards our church because we only teach what we can see. And what we can see is Hebrews 6. Because why? I've had brothers come to me and bring me certain doctrines. And then when I say, I respect you, brother, um, but I don't agree, then, <laughs> you know, now they'll have a problem with me. They'll call me a liar or say, you know, you know, I'm a liar because I'm not teaching what they want me to teach. No, no. I'm teaching what Christ taught. And if you have a problem with that, then we suggest you go start, right? You go start, uh, you know, a gathering and you teach that. And those who are of like mind will, will follow that. But you can't. You can't hold us to that state to teach what you see. It's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. We have to stick with the doctrine of Christ, because if we keep stopping to, you know, to speak on these different fallacies, these old doctrines that go against the Bible, then it, you know, we, it, it draws a chasm because we're not doing the work. We're just speaking on all these other doctrines, you know, by, uh, you know, by even addressing certain things, brothers and sisters. Or addressing certain people that's bringing you these doctrines, right? It says avoid them. Why? And this is what we do. If somebody continue to bring other doctrines, we avoid you because why? You're trying to divide the body. That's what you're coming into one body and then bringing a different doctrine. So you can divide people and you reap people to yourself. And that's why we avoid them. That's why we avoid them, brothers and sisters. This is what the Bible tell you to do. Avoid them, brothers and sisters. See? Because it will cause a division for no reason at all. The only thing we need to be divided amongst is Hebrews 6. Anything outside of that, listen, 
Israel is like a speckled bird, so we're going to have different ideologies on things, and that's okay. As long as you agree with this, which is Hebrews 6. You can't bring me all this other stuff and expect us to teach it. That's not how things work, right? So what? Because you don't like what we're teaching, what should we do? Should we stop? <laughs> not going to happen. So we avoid those who bring in contrary doctrine, brothers and sisters. I'll listen to you. But, hey, if, it's, if, it, if it don't line up with Hebrews 6, then shalom, brother. Shalom, sister. You know, you, you know, maybe you should go do that work. And maybe the Most High is severing you out to do a certain work. That's why we don't speak against brothers and other camps and stuff like that. Because why? Maybe the Most High showed you something that you should go do. Maybe he severed you out to do that work. But it's not our work. That's not our work. This is our work right here. Can you read that again, brother? <clears throat> Verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. See? Because why? There's brothers walking around right now talking about reincarnation. Talking about you come back as a uh, you know, as white mice and all this other madness. That you're gonna have six and seven lives. Listen, brother, uh you you listen. <laughs> We're gonna avoid you, brother. We're gonna avoid you. See? Because you're trying to cause a division. What what did the Bible say? The Bible said a nation divided cannot stand. See? So it's not even about the doctrine. It's about what the doctrine will do. See? Because why? Now if we if we come up with this, oh, the earth is flat or it's round. Now you come into a body of a people and now you split them up. The people who believe it's flat here and the people who believe it's round here. See? And that's against the Bible. Why are we dividing we must be together. Or, yeah, this side is people who don't eat meat, and this side is those who eat meat. Why are we divided? When the Romans come, they're coming for both of us. So why are we being divided? Because somebody want to reap souls to themselves. So you got to watch out for that, brothers and sisters. You got to watch out. There's a lot of people out there teaching who are not dealing with the doctrine of Christ. We're going to 1 Corinthians 8 and 2. We're almost finished here, brothers and sisters. Bear with us. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. And if, any man <clears throat> and if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. See, so brothers and sisters, to be a good student, one must be teachable. Including myself. He must, we must admit that we don't know certain things. See? That's how you become a good student. That's how you become a good teacher. See, a lot of people think that they know better than Christ. They want to promote their doctrine so they can seem different. It's against the Bible, brothers and sisters. It's against the Bible, and really you're just showing you want to be seen. Because those who teach it the doctrine of Christ, they don't need to be seen. They just teach with the Bible, you know, the curriculum of the Bible. They're not trying to be different. We just want people to get in and help us you know, do the work. That's all we want. We're not looking to, you know, to, to seem like we're deep, but we know something. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2 Timothy 2 and 2. To buffer that point. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others see, also. See? 
So God wants us, the Most High wants us to learn enough so we can teach others. See? Who in turn will teach others. See? That's the point. So you have to learn the foundation and learn the syllabus, the curriculum. And not go off into teaching all this other madness. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. See? So commit it to faithful men. Who will then teach others. See that's what it's about brothers and sisters. It's about raising teachers. Especially for the children of Israel. Because why? It's a curse to be taught by your enemy. If somebody's your enemy. Are they going to teach you the information to overthrow them? <laughs> of course not. Brothers and sisters. See? So our, our, you know, our position. Our prerogative is to teach the truth, the doctrine, therefore faithful men will receive it and then teach others. That's the whole point. We're not trying to reap souls to ourselves. We're trying to reap souls to Christ, brothers and sisters. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's about the doctrine of Christ. That's what it's about. We're going to go to Hebrews 5 and 12. Because this is the fundamental foundation, brothers and sisters. This is the fundamental foundation. This is the foundation in which you build upon. This is the first information that you need. Hebrews 5 verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles, which is Hebrews 6. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. See, so uh, you got a lot of people out there who strive to be teachers, but don't have the milk down yet. I'm not going to give a newborn baby. A steak, brothers and sisters, right? When you, right, when you're, when, right, when you, when you graduate from uh, first grade, you don't get a high school diploma, do you? <laughs> exactly. See? So you don't just come and give somebody strong meat when they're not, when they're unable to process it. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk. And not of strong meat. See, so those who are looking to be teachers must be a student again. See, it's up to you to be able to measure people rightfully if you're going to learn from someone. See, you can't just learn from everybody. Because why? You, you mean too much to the Most High to just learn anywhere and everywhere. You need to learn from where he, need, where he wants you to learn from, brothers and sisters. Okay? Read verse 13, brother, please. Verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. See, so if you don't have the milk down, you're unskillful in the word. You need to have the milk down so we can move on. Because why? There is higher knowledge, but you need the milk down first. Get the milk down, brothers and sisters. We went into the milk. The milk is what? Hebrews 6. The next chapter. We're in Hebrews 5. See? That's the milk, brothers and sisters. The doctrine of what? The doctrine of baptism. The doctrine of laying on of hands, right? The doctrine of resurrection. The doctrine of eternal judgment. This is the milk, brothers and sisters. See? This is the milk. A lot of us want to just get into all this deep knowledge about, you know, oh, what, what the calendar and how the world, you know, all this other deep knowledge. When I tell brothers all the time, if you haven't read the whole Bible, you haven't read Amos, you haven't read Hosea, right? 
you haven't read Ezekiel, then you don't need to go into any other books because you have itching ears. You haven't even read what's in Hosea. You haven't even read what's in uh, Jeremiah. You haven't even read what's in Jude. If you haven't read everything that's in the Bible, you have no reason to be trying to build doctrine off other records. We go into other records like Enoch and Jasher, right? By R.H. Charles, but we don't use them for doctrine, brothers and sisters. That's the difference. You don't use something that the Bible does not refer you to. See? And brothers bring me all these records, all these, you know, all the time. And I'm like, what scripture led you to go to that record, brother? See? Because I'm not going into a record because they were an Israelite. <laughs> I go into the record that the Bible referred me to. The Bible referred me to Enoch. The Bible referred me to Jasher. The Bible referred me to the Apocrypha, not to these other books. I'm not going into any other book unless you can show me the Bible referring me to the book. See? Read verse 14, brother, please. Hebrews 5 and 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. See? So the strong meat, the steak, is for those who are full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, that's why you need the doctrine to be able to exercise, to discern, is this good or is this evil? Is what this brother or sister bringing me? Or is this record good or is it wrong? If you don't have a doctrine, you don't know if it's good or bad. See, now that you have the doctrine, you can measure whatever's being taught with the doctrine to say, okay, that's evil. That, that That's wrong. That's a fallacy. That book is incorrect. That book is unsubstantiated. Or that man, or whoever's trying to teach you, or that church. See, you need the doctrine to be able to discern both good and evil, brothers and sisters, right? We need to learn the principles of the doctrine of Christ so that we can go on to more meaty doctrines and perfection. But you need this first. We're going to go to 1 Peter's 2 and 2. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Got a few more. Bear with us. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. See? So when you've, when you've received the love of the truth, usually believers desire the milk of the word. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Right. So new believers naturally hunger to be taught, brothers and sisters, like a new baby hungers and thirsts for milk. However... Too many believers outgrow this and think they know enough. All followers of Christ should know the Bible's doctrine, not just preachers and theologians, brothers and sisters. If you follow in the Bible, you should know the doctrine of the Bible, the curriculum of the Bible, which should be taught out of the Bible. See, brothers and sisters, you must receive the doctrine of Christ so you can discern good from evil. We're going to go to 2 Peter 3 and 5, brothers and sisters. 2 Peter 3, verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of. See, so willing ignorance, brothers and sisters, is a sin. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in water, whereby the world... That then was being overflowed with water perished. Right. So, brothers and sisters, willful ignorance is a sin. There are no excuses, such as I'm too busy. I'm not a great intellectual. It's not that important. See? No. 
all believers should have a strategic grasp of the Bible and the basic doctrine of Christ. All believers. If you don't have this, you're working backwards, brothers and sisters. You're running on a treadmill. You're running, but you're going nowhere. See? No rest. The only rest you'll have is in the doctrine, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ephesians 4 and 11. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. See, apostles are who? Apostles are those who go and set up churches. Prophets are who those who break down prophecy in the Bible. Evangelists are those who um, do like street preaching and, you know, invite people to their church. That's evangelism. And you have, of course, pastors and teachers. So the Most High have given us teachers. The Most High have given us teachers, brothers and sisters. So for somebody to say they don't learn from a man, <laughs> you're not following Christ. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For what? The perfecting of the saints. See, so... The Most High gave us apostles, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So if you learn it on your own or you don't learn from man, then you're working against the Bible. Read that again, brother. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, for the edification of the body of Christ. It's not about one man. It's about the body. See? So be careful on people who just say, well, yeah, I'm just learning online. You're just learning online. Okay. See? Be careful with that, brothers and sisters. Not to say that people haven't learned things online. But if you're not in a gathering or you're not part of a body and you're just going to do that, you're going to wither away. Because why? You need somebody to help feed you. Right? You need that so you can stay alive. Why? You need the bread of life. You need the Bible. You need the fellowship. Because why? The congregation, your friends, your family, those who you love through the truth, they help uh, strengthen you in your time's weakness, brothers and sisters. It is not the most high's uh, plan for you to be out there on your own learning by yourself. That's not the most high's plan, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2 Peter 2 and 1. 2 Peter 2 verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift, swift destruction. See, so brothers and sisters, we ought to learn from those teachers which, God, which the Most High have given to us, and ignore false teachers who teach contrary to the Bible. Right? The teachers are not as important as what they teach. And that's critical that people understand that, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? It says that there shall be false prophets and false teachers. So that means there will be people using the Bible against you who will privily bring in damnable heresies. What's a heresy? A heresy is something that will divide you. So that means somebody knows what the doctrine is and what you believe, but yet they keep trying to bring something else. See, that's a damnable heresy. That will divide a body. See? That's what false teachers and prophets do. That's what they do, brothers and sisters. You need to be careful. You need to watch out for that. 
Because everybody's not, you know, everybody that claims they're in the truth are not there for the same reasons, brothers and sisters. There's false prophets and false teachers, even back then, brothers and sisters. And even more now, because you have social media. And you can just find all this stuff online at one time. When, when I was, you know, you couldn't do that back in the day. You couldn't just go online and just find a hundred different teachers with a hundred different doctrines. See? Brother, go to Second John 1 and 9. We're almost done here. Second John 1 verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. See? What's the doctrine of Christ? Hebrews 6. We went into it. Laying on of hands, baptism, resurrection, eternal judgment. See? I can't receive anything from you if you don't agree on these tenets. Period. I don't care who you are. Okay? Because why? If you're not abiding in the doctrine of Christ, you don't have the Most High. And see, this is why our churches have many enemies. Because we stick with the doctrine of Christ. That's why. Jump to verse 7, brother, please. Second John 1 and 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Christ is come to in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. See? There's many deceivers that entered into the world, brothers and sisters. That's why you must screen them through Hebrews 6. See? These are the major tenets that you must believe to get in. Not what shape the earth is. Not if all black people are Israelites. Not reincarnation. None of these things are the doctrine of Christ. In fact, those, those particular teachings go against the doctrine of Christ. See? So everything that comes into your presence, brothers and sisters, you must scream through the doctrine of Christ. We're going to go to our last scripture. We're going into the Apographer, Ecclesiasticus 3 and 24. Brothers and sisters, this lesson was a fundamental foundation for those who are young and new in the truth, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 3, verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion, and an evil suspicion hath overthrown their judgment. See? So, brothers and sisters, a lot of people are deceived by their own vain opinion, which means they teach whatever they want to teach. See? They're deceived by their own lifestyle. Well, yeah, since I like to do this, I'm going to teach that it comes out of the Bible. We've seen brothers use the Bible to say you can smoke weed. See? So you're deceived by your own vain opinion. See? You can't use the Bible to say, uh, yeah, well, every place it says herb. <laughs> Why? Because we ran into some brothers uh, who are, um, um, what's the name of that religion where they, uh, Rastafarians. And they don't believe the Bible, but then they'll go into the Bible to use the part, <laughs> the part they want to promote. I'm like, brother, don't use my Bible if you're saying you don't believe in it. If you don't believe in it, don't try to pull something out of it to use it <laughs> to defend yourself. Many are deceived by their own vain opinion. There's a doctrine out there where a man can have 25 wives if he want to. See? <laughs> See what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? There's a doctrine of brothers out there saying... When they get into the kingdom, they're going to have uh, wives at the age of 12. 
When the Bible clearly tells you those who make it into the kingdom shall not marry or be given into marriage. There'll be no intercourse. (laughs) See, so there's these different doctrines that people will promote based on their own vain opinion. Have nothing to do with the Bible. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. And an evil suspicion have overthrown their judgment. See, an evil suspicion have overthrown their judgment, brothers and sisters. See? So this is how you screen a man or a church. You go to Hebrews 6, and then you say, okay, what church in Christ is following these stipulations? Hmm? See? You measure everything through the doctrine of Christ. This lesson, we went over the requirements, the prerequisite to get into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. There is no substitute for the good knowledge of Bible doctrine. The Most High desires to feed us His Word. And we become spiritually malnourished when we do not graze in the pastures of His Word. We become imbalanced, anemic, confused, easily led astray, and prone to doubt and backsliding. Some believers do not recognize the hunger pains that they are suffering because they are not studying the Bible. Doctrine alone does not produce spiritual maturity, but there's no maturity without it. So, brothers and sisters, today was a fundamental foundation. This is what you need when you receive the truth in order to follow that path that Christ pioneered, that Christ trailblazed. Because there's many deceptions out there. We know that we know that Lucifer himself know the Bible very well. See? So just because somebody's using the Bible don't mean they're using it correctly. See, brothers and sisters? So these are the stipulations. This is probably one of the most important lessons that we've done today. You need to screen these teachers, brothers and sisters, so you don't lose your purity. You lose your innocence. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.